Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network. We are continuing and almost concluding our coverage of Breaking Bad. We're into uh, season five, episode fifteen, Granite State. This is our penultimate episode. We've only got two to go. Um, everything's starting to wrap up now, and we're we're dealing with the fallout from uh, last week's massive episode. Um, so much to talk about with this one. Um, can't wait to get into it. This was directed and written by Peter Gould. What a greedy man, taking both credits at the same time. Um, and aired originally on uh, September the 22nd, 2013, um, to six and a half million viewers. So, yeah, it's a big one, this one. Uh, my name's Nick, and uh, normally you and I would have already gone our separate ways, but you're you. And my name is Ben, and it's an actual podcast. I thought the Oz Network was a term of art. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you talk to. Yeah, nobody. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> bad art, like really bad art. I don't yeah, know. Really bad art, like just yeah. Shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but big episode this one, and I think we talked yesterday, um, or last time we spoke anyway, about um, you know this this being a um, almost forgotten episode. I think you know, like being the one that's kind of in between the, the big Ozymandias episode and um, the finale. And I think there's lots of really great scenes in this one that that get forgotten. You know, they are they are really good. And um, it's probably not one that's got, I don't know how many you've got on your list, but not a, a huge amount of, I guess, like top five standout scenes. But there's still some really, really great stuff on this episode. So it, it's really fun to kind of go through and watch this one. Um, probably with not huge crystal clear um, memories like you might have with Ozymandias and Felina. Uh, I've got three potential top five moments. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I kind of think this is a bit like Tahajali. Did I say it correctly that time? Nearly got it there. Um, that yeah. it's it's underrated and, and forgotten about. Yeah, like because I, I, I love this episode. I think this is great. And I'll admit I always forget this episode exists because I always do think that it goes Ozymandias and then the finale. Um, but I think it's sad that this gets forgotten about because – Maybe slight spoiler alert. Actually, not spoiler alert. I'm just going to say this. I think this is a better episode than the finale. And I don't dislike the finale. I, I, I really like this episode. So that will be reflected on my rankings. But, um, yeah, there's just there's something about this and the finale. And, like, even the last four episodes where, again, it just goes by so quickly. You, you're not you're so engaged with every scene. Again, I think I looked at the timestamp on this episode at one point, and I was, like, 32 minutes in, and I was like, holy crap. Like, and this is a longer episode, of course. So, yeah, there's just something weirdly engaging about this episode, and it kind of it – just, it just works so well, and it just makes you so excited for the finale. I, I could imagine that – watching this live you were like oh bring it on like and coming after Ozymandias as well I mean it's it's pretty amazing that they're still able to bring a pretty good episode uh after the best episode of Breaking Bad 
which is funny because I seem to recall at the time that like you know people didn't love this episode in real time because I think you know, coming off that massive high of Ozymandias people like what's going to happen next and this is you know it's definitely a slower episode um, it doesn't have those but you can't have an Ozymandias every week you know those are yeah. always going to be the, the kind of um, you know the, the rare episodes and so I think it's interesting that people in real time maybe didn't love this one but I think you know as time's gone on and as people have seen the finale and I think this is this one's only gone up in people's you know expectations or people's um, kind of um, rankings or whatever you might have you know there is lots of great stuff in it I can probably see why you wouldn't like it. I mean, let's jump on the what we used to be bandwagon of Survivor. Um, I mean, I can think of seasons like Vanuatu and, and Nicaragua, which were kind of not liked at the time, were they? Because at the time they were coming off pretty big seasons. I know All Stars wasn't exactly loved, but it was still a pretty big season and people didn't really like, oh, okay, we're into Vanuatu. And Nicaragua got a heap of shit because it came after Heroes vs. Villains and people hated Nicaragua when it came out. But I think they're two seasons that over time have really started to get some appreciation. Obviously, Vanuatu has, and I feel Nicaragua has. So, yeah, I can see why this season, uh, this episode would not be liked after you come off um, Ozymandias. But, yeah, I think when you're binging these all together, you, you've seen it before on a rewatch. Like, it just, it just, it's definitely an episode that gets better and better. And I just really enjoy this episode. And, like, I'm the one who's always been critical of the slower episodes. But as I said a lot in Season 4, I, I think it kind of slower episodes can be good in my mind. I'm not saying that the slower episodes are bad this season, but I've obviously rented a couple. But, yeah, I, I just really appreciate this. And as a slow episode, I think it's a great slow episode. Yeah, and I think it probably depends on how much you love to see the fallout of a big scene or big episode yeah. you know like some people like to see everything that happens as a result of that and some people like to kind of think about it in their own head and we'll probably talk about that next week as we kind of you know wrap up the finale and then talk about El Camino you know about your feelings about you know how things happen there so um, definitely a conversation we're going to revisit but this one kind of starts um, in a slightly surprising way to me you know because obviously we see the the disappearer's van kind of pull up um, as Ed Galbraith as the, the disappearer um, um, and um, yeah, he you kind of see that the the people mover, the red people mover, and you think I you know I just assume this was going to be Walt, um, but it kind of pulls up, and, and you realise it's um, it's Saul that's kind of getting out of this, and um, and basically he's arrived at the at the vacuum shop where Ed, you know Ed's cover story. Um, and we kind of see him kind of get out and, and get this photo taken, um, and this new number, this license plate be done, uh, license uh, driver's license be done up for Saul, um, and he's he sees on this, the monitor that he's going to be going to Nebraska, which is interesting that they were kind of that's something they stick to with Better Call Saul you know, spoiler alert is that that is something that we do see um, so it's interesting that it's here and, and that's something that they decided to stick to right down to you know best case scenario he's going to be working at a Cinnabons you know like yeah, that's, and that's that. exactly what we see so it's, it's interesting that they kind of tie that in um, and yeah and it's quite funny you know like um, Saul's quite you know worried about his appearance you know checking his hairs right what are you going to do about my broken nose he says oh, I'll photoshop that out um, so yeah it, it's really interesting and um and he says you know because he's a like a high a high profile client and that the fact that his you know, face is all over town and it's probably gonna take a couple of days to be able to move him on um and unfortunately he's gonna have to have a bunk mate while he's here which is obviously walt and um and saul kind of asks how he's doing and we kind of see you know what um ed kind of turns the monitor and says oh kind of see for yourself judge for yourself and we see kind of walt having a bit of a kind of spaz out down in the uh, the bunker where he's kind of hiding out which is kind of our our um scene we get before we uh head into the credits but yeah i, I do love it as this great little 
general setup, um, you know, of the kind of vacuum shop, and and um, you know, Ed's going to be quite a big part of this episode, obviously. And um, yeah, I just I just love kind of seeing the the internal kind of how this disappearer kind of works. I think it's quite cool. I love the disappearer. I love Ed. He's great. He's just he's he's such a believable guy like he's kind of one of these characters who you just the actor makes him so believable in the way he is so yeah i kind of like him and i think we mentioned a few weeks back that he's the only character that appears in better call soul in breaking bad and el camino so uh kind of the the only one to appear in all three well, i guess except for well no soul doesn't appear in um in in el camino does he camino. so no no it's not no. yeah um but yeah like i i'm with you i remember watching this the first time being surprised that it was soul and we should mention these are the last soul scenes we'll ever see in Breaking Bad. So, uh, you know, it's not like we aren't going to get used to him in his own TV show very, very soon. But, um, yeah, like I kind of like this setup and I just I love this whole taking the photo thing and the Photoshop. And i got to nitpick slightly, though. Like I love the way that Ed takes a photo here. I mean, you can kind of see that the cord is already connected to the computer, but he just presses like two buttons and his photo automatically appears on this driver's <laughs> license. Like there's no like open up Windows Explorer, copy the photo, drag it into the thing. Like, I mean, I wish things were this easy when you were dealing with uh, editing. Um, but I love, yeah, Nebraska. What's in Nebraska? You are. Um, yeah, and from now i got to say. I've been to Nebraska. I've went and stayed with our good friend John Carroll. I've been to Omaha. Uh, nice place. Uh, go Cornhuskers. So, um, yeah, I, I don't mind Nebraska, but I don't know if I was being sent somewhere in the States on witness protection. don't know if I'd, Nebraska would be my first choice. But uh, no, no disrespect to Nebraska. It's a great state. But uh, I don't know if that would be my preference. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just still... It's kind of just all this setup, right, and all this uh, the slow build, but it's just it's engaging because as soon as you realise it's Sol, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, yeah, Sol would want to go into hiding as well. Like, what's going to happen to Sol? Kind of haven't thought about him recently, have we? So it's um yeah, I kind of like how they do, and I think they do enough with Sol in this episode. Where I think you talked about how you don't really get a massive send off for Sol. He's maybe the the main character that gets the the least send off of anyone, but there's a reason behind that. He's got a spin-off coming up and you don't want to go too far with Sol because I guess they probably want to explore what happens to him and I guess we probably will see a few more flash-forwards in the final season. I mean, at the time of airing this, we're probably seeing that right now if it's airing, but uh, at the time of recording this, we haven't yet seen it. So, um, yeah, jumping ahead a little bit for Sol because mm. we've obviously got another scene with him to go, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one thing too that um, I'm sure we we will point this out again, but um, obviously... Um, Robert Forster, who plays Ed, um, has since passed away. He actually passed away the day that um, El Camino came out on Netflix, mm. um, which is pretty sad. But, um, yeah, I think he just he feels like a, a really kind of organic kind of, you know, just naturally fits into this role. Um, and, yeah, like even that technical stuff, you might not think of an older guy being good at that, but, he, you know, he does really kind of portray that well. Um, so you never kind of – you never really question it. I think it's a, it's a really good kind of casting choice. And I, I do – I love that we're able to just add a new cast member and with two episodes to go and it just feels you know like i know it's only a small part but it's a really important part in this episode and he just kind of you know pops onto the screen and he's great and he's and he's good in, in al camino as well you know so he does just naturally kind of fit into these roles um without you ever really questioning it i think you you kind of feel i guess you almost know him though in a weird way though don't you because i guess we've heard about this guy a couple of times we saw the car that one time with jesse so it's it's kind of almost i feel that weird way that you kind of already know him. Mm, mm. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think, yeah, that, that kind of cover story of the vacuum. I mean, I, I've often thought, you know, no disrespect to any vacuum cleaner salesman we've got listening, but it, mu- it mustn't be the world's most exciting job on a day-to-day basis. So you, you kind suck. of believe that he's got, yeah, yeah, or blow. Um, yeah. So it, it um, yeah, it, it, it just feels like a pretty natural kind of um you know, you can imagine that this would be a setup for for somebody who was a vacuum cleaner salesman you, to have this on the side. You wonder how many people went to vacuum cleaner stores in Albuquerque and was like, "Can I have the blah 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 special?" Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck they are you probably have signs about? outside that like, "Please don't ask for this. We don't have it." And the joke's not funny. Or um, there's legitimately one out there who does this, and they're like, "Fuck, Vince Gilligan knows my secret. Damn it, we're gonna have to like yeah. change to a, a printer cartridge store or something like that." <laughs> There's definitely shops I've been past or into, and I thought this is a front for something because it just yeah. feels dodgy for whatever reason. I think I might have talked about that before, but um, yeah. So we kind of um, we get through the credits and we come back and we've got um, Marie like looking, you know, she's she's um, not in tears, but obviously you know completely shell shocked, being driven back home by a couple of DEA agents, and they arrive at the Schrader house and it's been ransacked. And so basically, like they drive up, the two two of the cops get out and um, and drive Marie away, and you kind of see that real sad look of her as she's kind of as the car's kind of pulling away from her house and they kind of go in and 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 obviously we we then cut to um that um the nazis have basically come in and ransacked this place to to grab any i guess evidence that of their involvement and 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 anything like that and um, we see them kind of watching jesse's confession video and they're all kind of laughing about you know does he just cry this whole way through this and um and and um, Kenny's a bit concerned about this and kind of says you just need to watch it and this is where we see Jesse's kind of um, you know, talking about about Todd having killed Drew and, and that being you know a big moment and I think you think this is going to lead to some some tension between him and Jack but that's not really the case they kind of go outside and um, and and Todd's kind of talking about well we can use Jesse to kind of keep cooking and initially Jack's thinking I think this is kind of a plot point we might have talked about it during the last couple of episodes of like why would they continue with all this money why would they continue to, to cook meth and basically we get the point here is that you know todd has got a thing for lydia and he doesn't want to let lydia down because you know she's she's a distributor that that trusts in him and is part of a business there so um so jack kind of decides yep they can make jesse cook so that they can um that yeah they, they can basically um you know like you use him to, to keep lydia happy is kind of the point that we get in here so so yeah I, and, and then obviously we we kind of just see a little shot of jesse kind of you know down in his little his little wrapped in um mm-hmm. you know looking at that photo of, of um andrew and brock and trying to use the paper clips to um to release his handcuffs so so yeah it's uh i think that's kind of the setup that we've got here of you know uh, what, what's going to be happening to uh you know uh, uh, in the kind of jesse part of the story for for during this episode it's uh, the, the thing i want to say about these is like a couple of like i don't know if they're plot holes or maybe not explained so yeah like obviously i wasn't too fond of the whole jack didn't want money then jack wants money and then i feel this kind of contradicts the fact that they've kept jesse for this long because then all of a sudden he's like, well, why do we need to keep Jesse to cook when we've got all this money? Like, I know they've kidnapped Jesse to get information out of him, but doesn't Jack know that he's cooking for them as well? So, like, why is all of a sudden he realising this now? Because I know we only saw, like, a scene with Todd and Jesse, but I'm assuming that Jack would know that they're cooking. So, unless this is, like, filmed out of order, like, unless, like, this would make more sense if you saw this, I think, before we saw Jesse cooking, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because that's where I get confused. Because I don't get why Jack is reacting now. Like, well, why do we need to cook? We've got all the money in the world. 
So mm. maybe this was filmed out of place and maybe this is just how they've done it. I don't know. But that's just the one question that I'm like, okay, that makes no sense because it kind of contradicts on what he's already been saying. And the mm. other one that I wanted to ask is obviously a, a large portion of what we're going to get in this episode is, you know, Walt's storyline is he's gone national. He's a, he's a wanted man basically across the entire country. So it's all been revealed. How does it get revealed? Because Hank was hunting all this down. Hank didn't tell the DEA. So does Marie come forward or when when the when Skylar calls the police for Walt Jr. and her being attacked, does does she then come for like I don't think it's ever revealed how this all comes forward because Gomi and Hank are dead. Uh, they didn't tell the DEA. So now does Marie tell the DEA they automatically believe her because Hank and that are missing? And now this has become a national story and everyone just believes it. Like, that's one thing that, again, I just, I kind of get a bit confused about how this goes from nobody knowing and the people who do know being dead to this being Charlie Rose interviewing people on freaking CNN about it. Um, You know, like, I like that. I like this sort of national manhunt for him. I think it kind of is great. But I just, I don't know if that's ever explained or we're meant to read it a certain way or am I just maybe overreading this? Oh, no, I don't think you are. I mean, I think it is one of those things where I think the audience is just expected to accept that, you know, like there is too much out there now for, you know, for Walt to to still be denying what's happening. I think, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about this last time that why was the money in and of itself evidence when, you know, he's yeah. had this cover story of being a gambler, you know, so, um, you know, potentially are we, are we, um, you know, I, I think it's a fair point to be made of like, what's that logic leap? Because also the time difference is pretty small here. You know, like obviously this is a day or two after the events of the last episode. So it's not like it's months onwards and things have kind of leaked out. Um, so yeah, it does feel like a pretty kind of hard turn. I think you as the audience are just expected to accept that, um, you know, this has happened. And it also goes to that thing about, you know, that kind of joke about what happens to Huel, because obviously mm-hmm. he was there and the only people that knew he were there were um, were Hank and Gomi and they're gone now, they're dead. And so who's who's actually going to release Huel? Um, and, you know, so just like little things like that, I think, you know, you just, as an audience, I think you're expected not to think too much about them. It doesn't, it doesn't really affect my enjoyment of the show, but no, I, I do think it's definitely an open question for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree with you. It doesn't affect it at all. It's just something that I was thinking about and kind of just me being me i'm gonna like pinpoint and nitpick and go okay well that doesn't make sense and yeah uh like i it's something that in no way do i watch this go oh this is ruined because i've worked this out or something like that but yeah i think that it's just it's just a thing but i like these scenes like i kind of i like um again marie uh sort of just her reaction when we see her kind of driving off looking through the window because this is the only Marie scene we get this episode isn't it? maybe the second last marie scene i think we ever yeah. have so um uh, and then i think i yeah go ahead Oh, the only thing I was just thinking in the background is the whole WW thing. Like, you know, like there's enough kind of circumstantial evidence now. Mm. And, you know, like why would this guy be on the run, um, you know, and and two DEA agents, you know, missing. No, I I agree. I think think it's it's circumstantial. I'm sure if you got Vince Gilligan on the show and you questioned him, he could explain it easily. And like, that's fine. And like, I mean, we've kind of questioned Hank earlier going like, well, why doesn't he just go straight away and arrest him? Like, it's kind of like, I think he's got enough. Um, But again, TV show's got a TV show. If all of a sudden Hank was just like, I've got him, let's get arrested, we're not going to be intrigued, are we? If all of a sudden in this episode they're like, oh, no one believes Marie or no one believes Skylar and Walt can just leave easily without any uh, ramifications, then no one's going to care, is it? So, of course, you've got to turn it up on either end when it might be slightly, you can nitpick about it. Um, I just want to, like, I like 
the again like Todd. You're not. I don't like these guys. Of course, you don't like Todd and the Nazis. Todd and the Nazis, a new band. Um, but it's still like just engaging because I think everybody, every actor in this plays it so well that you actually genuinely hate these guys and you kind of are intrigued by them. And that's what's good about like good villains. Like I'm always the type of person who kind of likes the villains more so than the heroes when I'm watching a TV show or a movie. And I don't like these guys, but like, I think there's done so well that you genuinely hate these guys. And even Todd again, who just plays such this creepy character. Um, and I just love here when they're kind of like, oh, you're sweet and Lydia. And they're like, what are they saying? Like, oh, you're probably going to Coochie and it will turn into sawdust or something. Yeah. Like that. Uh, it's, it's just, it's it's creepy and uncomfortable, but it's just kind of just, it's done so well. Because you would believe these type of guys would be like this. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. And, and Aaron Paul, like, one thing that I always forget is that Jesse really isn't that heavily involved in the finale or the penultimate episode, is he? Like, I don't want to say he's forgotten about, but for like the co-main star of this show, He's really, you feel given short change, but this is where jumping ahead to El Camino, El Camino makes sense and makes it valid. I think that if you've got to say anything about El Camino, it makes all what we're seeing right now just worth it even more. And I think that, again, jumping ahead a couple of weeks, but I definitely think El Camino was needed because of what we have with Jesse. And I just think it makes these last couple of episodes even better for Jesse because, again, you don't see him much. And But what Aaron Paul does, I've constantly gone on about zombie Aaron Paul like, I love it. Like, I just think just the way he looks, the way he acts here, just even a simple scene of him getting a paperclip to try and undo his handcuffs is just so effective and amazing. It's just so engaging watching him do this on screen. And a lot of what Aaron Paul does amazing in this episode is just all silent. So, yeah, uh, I just praise Aaron Paul, even though Aaron Paul doesn't get a whole lot to do in the final two episodes. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I think, to be fair, um, you know, we really enjoy the Jesse stuff, and I've definitely been somebody that's come around a lot on the Jesse story, but this is still ultimately Walt's story, and I think it yeah. feels right that actually it should end with a focus on Walter White. Like, that, to me, feels right, but I, I totally agree with you that I think the El Camino um, episode, if you want to call it an episode, um, is justified because you want to kind of see the follow-up to what happens to Jesse. So I think it was a nice touch to kind of do it. And I know, you know, looking at some of the kind of trivia and, and background stuff around that that movie is that they had always kind of thought about it being, you know, episode 63, um, you know, maybe not following on directly the next week, but being like an episode that would be added on at some point to kind of finish the Jesse story. So um, I think, yeah, you're totally right is that there isn't a heap about Jesse in this last episode last couple of episodes i think but i think what we do get is is great um and i think kind of like a scene from the next episode you know that kind of opening scene with the wooden box and stuff i think is like beautifully done and so i think what we do get it's it's, it there's not heaps but i think it is really effective so i think i don't have as much of a problem about it because i think we what we do get is worth doing you know um so so yeah i but um totally take your point and i think yeah when we move forward to el camino we're definitely going to have that conversation yeah, and I think maybe that if El Camino didn't exist, I'd probably have more of a problem with it. Um, like, But I definitely agree with everything you said because it is mainly Walter White. But I think that, you know, Jesse's still so tied to everything. And, um, yeah, I think without El Camino, this is probably something I would complain a lot more about. But I'm not going to complain because we've got El Camino and it does it perfectly, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to give us what we need with Jesse. Yeah. Um, so our next scene is actually, yeah, as, as you kind of um, teased before, is our last scene um, oh. with Saul. 
Um, so yeah, we're, we're back in the bunker and, the, and um, Walt and Saul are kind of talking things through and, and Walt's kind of, you know, plotting to get revenge on um, Uncle Jack and, and the gang um, for everything that they did in the last episode and um, he wants Saul's help to get a couple of kind of like hitmen or whatever it is to, to kind of help with this job. Um, but Saul says, you know, like, can I give you a penny's worth of advice or whatever it is, you know, like just turn yourself in for the good of your family, you know, like it will help your family if you turn yourself in. Um, and, um, you know, and given that Walt is kind of, you know, his cancer's back, it's like, what's he got to lose, really? Um, you know, that these guys are not going to give up um, until they get Walt. And so until he does something like that, it's, uh, his family are the ones that will suffer as a result. So um, I think it's a really kind of compelling case to be making. And, and Walt, Walt's not having any of it, surprise, surprise, because, you know, he's basically saying it will, or everything he will have done will have been for nothing, you know, the Got to, he's got to get that money, all of that money, the whole eighty million, to his family. You know, for him to have succeeded. So, um, yeah, I think it's you know this this meeting of, of these two kind of with very different kind of um, I guess motivations at this point. And we get that great kind of callback line of like, remember what I told you? We're not done until we said we're done. And then he starts to you know, have that kind of coughing fit, um, and and you know Saul finishes it for him by saying, yeah, we are done. Mm. Um, and that's when we kind of get kind of Ed kind of comes in and says that you know he's ready to go Saul can head to Nebraska while Walt's still got to wait for a little bit longer um, and and basically um, Walt wants to say yeah I'll, no, he's going to stay with me change of plans we're both going to go together um, and Saul's not into that um, and yeah we kind of have this again this coughing fit um, and, and basically this is where Saul kind of says goodbye, picks up his stuff, and he's gone. And that's the end of Saul from the story. And it kind of feels like the right ending. I mean, even if we didn't have Better Call Saul, it kind of feels like the right ending for the Saul character. I think that um, in the end, he is kind of making a bit of a – he's standing up for himself a little bit in this this one moment, you know, that he's been his, – his whole life's basically been wrecked because of Walton, and he's not going to stand for it in this last occasion. So I really like it. I think it's a great scene. And, um, you know, Bob Odenkirk's been great on this. There's obviously so much more of his story to tell with a whole other – the TV show, but I think you know if you, if you, as I say, if that didn't exist, if you're just thinking about what we've gotten, I, you know, the Saul character has been phenomenal, and I think this is a good way to kind of see the end of him. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that you know, despite Better Call Saul, you would be satisfied with this ending for him. Um, and I, I love this scene because I think kind of like you sort of see Saul being scared still of what, but then also almost just weirdly like not standing up for himself, but kind of just being like, okay, like no, this is I what mean, have I got to lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because, like, he's kind of, like, even when Walt, he's, like, going, like, I need your best hitman, and Sol's just kind of like, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, this is, you don't understand. Like, Walt's obviously not letting go of the fact that he he's letting go of his entire life. He's starting afresh, but he still wants to be connected to things, and that and it's not that kind of simple. But, um, yeah, and I think Bob Odenkirk handles his scene really well, just kind of just watching his facial acting and everything. But, I mean, because I, I think if you were to add up all the episodes of Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, El Camino and kind of add up which actor has appeared in the most of all of them, it probably would be Bob, Bob Odenkirk, I would assume. Um, I don't know about Jonathan Banks, maybe, um, but I would assume that Bob Odenkirk has appeared the most in any episode slash movie of the Breaking Bad universe. So you get, obviously, um, you think differently, not think differently, but obviously when you've got a spin-off centred around one character and you're watching what they appeared in, it's it's different. Like, it's no different to when you saw the prequels uh, like we thought we knew Darth Vader. We thought we knew who Anakin was, um, you know, and, and kind of you, I don't know about you, but you kind of look at Darth Vader maybe a little bit differently when you watch the older Star Wars movies again, because you've seen his full backstory. 
So some people don't because they hate the prequels and they don't want to believe that that is really uh, Darth Vader. But hey, they're idiots. Um, but yeah, I I think it's a perfect ending, and I just kind of like just just him literally grabbing his bags and just saying goodbye. Like that's it. Like you kind of just buy into this is exactly how Soul would leave. Uh, you don't you don't kill Soul off. Soul doesn't become a rat. Like it, 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 none of this. Um, it's just this is just classic Soul, and I think that it, it works really really well. And like. They could have even gone out of their way. Like, a lot of these shows do it when they've got, like, a a spin-off. And generally, with a spin-off, it's going to be, like, a backdoor pilot, right? Like, sorry to bring up Joey again, but, like, I mean, you know, you <laughs> you kind of drop a couple of carrots in the finale of Friends to be like, okay, well, he's moving to L.A. So, okay, well, let's pick up the spin-off right there of him moving to L.A., you know? So, like, that's kind of what you do. I'm sure I, – I never watched Cheers, but I'm sure that's what they did with Frasier to, like, hey, this is what's going to happen with Frasier. So – this is different in the fact that it's going to be a prequel, but they don't, they still don't go out of their way. They could have just shoved him down our throat and just been like, Hey, better call soul coming this summer to AMC. Like, like they don't like, it's kind of a nonchalant ending to him, which is just done perfectly. And it's completely believable for him. So I'd be very intrigued to see if there are people out there who have never seen breaking bad and maybe watch better call soul. And will watch breaking bad after seeing better call soul to see how that, you know, changes their opinion on this character. Yeah, because I do like. I mean, you know, not getting too much into Better Call Saul, but I do like that. Obviously, it's set in the past. It's kind of pre or leading up to the events of Breaking Bad, um, and and then um, obviously some flash forwards to kind of what happens to him. And you know, kind of every season kind of um, starts with this kind of black and white flash forward, basically, mm. doesn't it, of what's happening to to Saul and his new new life. At, um, as uh, I can't remember what his name is, um, and is it Gil or whatever it is, and uh, yeah, uh, in Nebraska, so. So yeah, I, I think it's you know like a, it's a really good way to kind of end this character. He's been been great for the show, but I think it's also quite clever of of Breaking Bad to start peeling off characters, so we're not having to try and have endings for everybody in that last episode, you know, because the finale is a big one. So obviously we've seen the end of Hank and and Gomi, and and this is going to be the last we see of Saul. So we're able to just kind of peel some of these characters back who we d- we don't need to see in the final episode. So it, it's narratively it's quite clever too to be able to just kind of get rid of some of these characters now. And and I think it's a, it's a fitting end. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to see um, Saul take a bullet to the head or something. I don't think that would have been right for the character. So yeah, it, it feels like the correct way to kind of say goodbye to him. And a couple of things too, like, I, I mean, again, jumping really into Better Call Soul, but I like how, because one thing I was going to say is like, you know, could this guy really become completely anonymous? Because he's kind of a quasi-celebrity in the area. So, like, I can't imagine, like, if you're from Albuquerque and all of a sudden you're visiting Nebraska and you see this guy, like, and I, we get that in Better Call Soul. We kind of get recognition and kind of, like, it's kind of him always looking over his shoulder and stuff like that. So, I like that. But one, like, tiny little nitpick, it's just me being Ben, that I kind of wanted to point out, like, does um, Ed, he make a bit of a mistake by putting these two in a room? Because Walt yeah. knows that he's going to Nebraska now. Walt knows he's new. And, like, so if, if Walt's clearly pissed off at Saul because of what he's done right now, could Walt, like, not track him down? Like, isn't the whole point of this to become completely anonymous and not, like, Walt could easily just give this information up now. Like, yeah, I know he's now Jimmy Smith in yeah. Omaha, Nebraska, working at a Cinnabon. That's who he is now. So yeah. just, I mean... Slight little complaint there, but again, as we've gone over in this episode, it doesn't take away from you watching this. Episode. Or maybe, maybe that's going to play into Better Call Saul. Maybe that's something that, um, mm. you know, we're going to get a plot point in the final season of before Walt, you know, the ending of Walt, he gave up Saul's location to somebody. Who knows? Yeah. Potentially so. It might be a hanging thread that's going to be tidied up. And um, yeah, might be one of my complaints about uh, better call Saul is that it uh, seems intent on maybe um, tying up loose ends we didn't need tied up but uh, that's yeah. a story for another day um, 
our next kind of batch of scenes here are really around um, Skylar. So we see her at the uh, with the lawyers, so basically saying that you know they um, she ne- they need to give her she needs to give them information. I apologise um, on on Walt, and she says she honestly doesn't know where he is, and and they kind of say, oh, well, we're going to leave you with your lawyers, and hopefully you can think of something that's useful to us. Um, then we kind of cut to her at at, in, at night, and she's kind of sitting smoking at the at the window, kind of watching the the cops who are kind of you know, guarding her her house, um, and you know, she kind of goes into the bedroom, and this is where um, we see we've, we've got a whole bunch of guys in balaclavas, um, and one of them is obviously Todd. Um, the one that kind of does the the dialogue with her is Todd, and um, just talk about you know what does she know, and and you know it's really important that you know we we respect your husband, but you know there's some things you need to not tell, um, you know tell tell people about, especially Lydia. You know we don't want you telling anybody that you know Lydia or you've had any interactions with her, and so Skylar kind of promises that she won't. Um, and yeah, basically says that, you know, you don't want us coming back because basically if, if we do come back, it will be to kill you and your family. So um, pretty threatening, you know, um, and, you know, Skylar's really kind of upset about this. Um, and then kind of the next day we kind of see Todd and he's at the cafe and, and um, all dressed up nice and he's done nicely waiting for Lydia to come in. And Lydia does the whole thing she did, tried to do with Mike, but didn't work with Mike of the kind of sitting back to back at different tables. Um, and, and uh, yeah, we kind of have this, this kind of conversation. Um, yeah. And, and Lydia says, you know, like, will she keep quiet? Like basically just having this conversation about, can we, can we trust that Skylar's going to be quiet? And he says, yes, um, that, that they can, but Lydia actually just wants to um, get out of this, this kind of partnership that they've got going on. There's too many risks. She doesn't want to, doesn't want to do it anymore. And this is where um, basically Todd says, well, you know, like we've, we've, got jesse and we're producing a, a 92 percent blue meth again so it's it's really valuable and that kind of you know makes you think about things a little bit more um and kind of ends on this kind of creepy long view of kind of the, the wide shot of him kind of like like picking something off their back like it's mm, yeah it's like real time yeah yeah real just really tone creepy todd so um yeah i think just kind of some establishing stuff here of, of kind of what the stakes are but um yeah i really like it i you know i'm, I'm not a massive massive a fan of the kind of Todd is into Lydia thing, but it obviously has you know big implications for how the show ends. So um, yeah, I, I I think I can understand where it's going from here. But um, yeah, after probably being the, the the stauncher defender of Lydia of the two of us, this is I'm getting a little bit sick of it now. Yeah, <laughs> like just the, the, the Lydia the Lydia <laughs> yes. character. It's kind of yeah, but um, but but yeah, I think it is kind of just establishing a couple of things and who knows what and and you know just um, yeah, doing some of that follow up that I think a lot of people do like after the big episode we had last week one weird thing like i mentioned the other week about how after this show ends i would love to see marie and sky like how this affects them and if i'm to have any like going back to my point about jesse and kind of like i feel you don't get a much and you know el camino fixes that i like again i don't think you could do anything more with skylar uh in the final two episodes i think what we get does pretty much help close a character up but I also feel like I'd like to see more of what happens with Skylar. Like, again, I know this is a Walt story. It's not the Skylar story, but that's just me liking the Skylar character. So maybe we can get a El Ferrari, the Skylar story or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, the El Mum vehicle something one day. But um, got to say this uh, scene, like, I kind of like the throwback to Walt getting diagnosed with cancer, like with that ringing in the ear kind of stuff where Skylar's just sitting here dumbfounded and it's kind of like, you know, is she even listening to us? From poor man's Kevin Spacey. Can I just say this lawyer looks like, like if they were ever to do a Kevin Spacey movie, how he went from a two-time Academy Award winner to evil sex 
man, um, allegedly. Uh, that I don't sue me, Kevin Spacey. Um, that's Tom Cruise's job. But I, I just he, he looks like a poor man's Kevin Spacey. I don't know if you picked that up, but he just I'm like, wow, this guy really should play Kevin Spacey in a biopic. Um, but the this the Balaclava, I remember watching this freaked me the fuck out because like just the way they kind of do this, they, they don't really play it for a jump scare, but kind of just like the no, way I- she just kind of walks around the corner and you're just like fuck, like it's it's not a jump scare, but you're still like completely shocked how it plays out. Um, and just again, it goes into that creepiness of Todd where he just is so calm and menacing, and just even with the Balaclava, Jesse Plemons just looks fucking freaky. Like there's just something about Jesse Plemons who's freaky. I like I don't know what Kirsten Dunst. I mean. You know, she that's a character being in Spider-Man, I was going to say. She's used to being with different men, but that's just the character in Spider-Man. I'm sure Kirsten Dunst is a very well-together, put-together, potentially at the time of releasing this, Oscar winner. Time of recording this, don't know yet. But um, I love this scene, just kind of the threatening of it. Although I do kind of question, like, what if Skylar wasn't even thinking about this woman in the car wash and all of a sudden they've planted this in her head? Yeah. Like, I get, I get why Lydia is doing it, because it's Lydia. So I understand the point of this. But, like... Sometimes, like, I'm pretty dumb. I forget things. If somebody went to my house right now and, like, threatened me, was like, don't mention that fourth word Nick Chester said on that episode of the Oz Network, I'd be like, what fourth word? And I'd go back and listen to it. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so, you know, that's a bit of a thing. But, yeah, I love this back-to-back. I just love back-to-back, like, going over. Because to me, this is more obvious than sitting at a table. Like, it really is. But, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of... I, I don't know if they just didn't know what to do with Lydia's character after a while because, like... While she kind of seemed important in the beginning, I guess now you've got to kind of keep this Nazi storyline and the mess storyline going up. But I don't know. Like, I just, I feel that this is my problem with Lydia, that she's just annoying and just, it doesn't change. And then it kind of gets to this point where it's like, okay, like you've got to set it up at the end. But at the same time, you, you, cause you'd be complaining if you didn't get any resolution to her and she just disappears, of course. But I don't know. I feel like you could almost do what happens to her earlier on in the season and you'd almost get the same effect. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like it's, I've never been a fan of Lydia. Um, 92% they're up to now, which is pretty exciting, I guess. But, um, yeah. Uh, good, good on Todd for getting all dressed up, though, for this lovely little meeting. <laughs> I think it's a really good point because I think, you know, like the, the earlier conversation we've had about now that these guys have got all this money, why do they even want to cook this meth? And the answer is Lydia. But actually, like, I don't think we've ever really got, a, you know, like I think – Step one of not really needing Lydia was was the train heist that these guys have all the methylamine they're ever going to need. So Lydia's kind of like superfluous after that. But I guess step two is that then she's useful for giving Walt the names of the guys in prison. Um, and then she's, I guess, useful for kind of exporting his product to Europe. Is, is, yeah. And, and so I, like I can see the value, but I do think kind of like following last week's episode, probably one of the unintended consequences is that Lydia actually isn't really a thing except mm. that Todd likes her. And I think that's not really compelling enough to, to really kind of get you into this character, but you can't just kind of like leave her doing nothing. You kind of need to get rid of her. I think, um, yeah, and so I think it, it is difficult because I, I don't think it's particularly compelling. Spoiler alert for next week. Kill her off in after Walt's got the names off her. Like, just get rid of her then, and then you can still work around the, the Todd storyline where, you know, the, the, it's just a connection to Jesse maybe in the fact that, yeah. you, you know, like that's why he's just keeping him cooking, and you can just work something around that, like, I just, because, like, Lydia just kind of disappears for a while and just comes back and, yeah. like, to, I remember watching the finale and watching these last two episodes and when we kind of get the payoff scene with Lydia, I'm kind of like, why is that important? Why do we need to see that happen to her? And I guess, again, you need to see her. You'd be complaining, if, like, what happened to Lydia? You know, kind of like, what happened to Huel? 
But, like, to me, it's a weird thing that I think that she gets painted more as this big, big bad when, to me, like, yeah, she's bad and she's a pain in the ass and everything, but, you know, I just, I never kind of picture her as the old, like, a big bad enough that kind of they drag her out as much. I feel you can just dispose of her earlier on yeah. and we're fine with it, you know? I think it's I think it's one of the challenges of ending a, a, a series, um, but also mm. just even ending seasons and story arcs, like when you're not going to come back, um, you know, like I think it is quite hard. It is hard to kind of figure out how you're going to end all these different characters in a, yeah. you know, in a, in a really kind of um, satisfying way. And there's definitely characters here who it kind of ends and you think, oh, maybe you would have liked to have seen more or tidier or you know like whatever it might be um but i think that's pretty natural like you know anytime you finish anything even if it's like a movie series or a book series there's always going to be somebody who you feel like oh they kind of got a little Absolutely. bit cast aside and i think yeah. marie's even a case here like you don't get heaps oh, yeah. from marie towards the end of this but um you know part of me is like do you need it and i think probably you need a little bit more with lydia because of what they've told in the season five but yeah i think probably it's it's a, it's a little bit nitpicking on on our part but um you know that's kind of our job i suppose um yeah so then we um we, we arrive in, in new hampshire it's not new hampshire it's actually shot in um that um new mexico has snow areas which is where this was shot um, well you mentioned the other day about snow and um Albuquerque. I looked that up. Apparently, it does snow in Albuquerque. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's weird, eh? Because I just wouldn't have thought. I just you think of it being a desert, and I think it's yeah. you know one of the kind of things that the notes that I made in this was that you know it just it's such a, um, a jarring look. Is it jarring? Kind of sounds bad. It's not bad. It's just like it's just so unexpected. I think of seeing snow on Breaking Bad. You know, it's just such a it's something we just haven't seen before. And so like when we suddenly arrive in the snow, it's um, it's really quite amazing. I, for some for some reason, I just thought that they had gone on location to New Hampshire or somewhere like that and I was quite surprised that they had just been able to stay in state um, but yeah it's really good so obviously Walt's been um, hiding in this propane truck that Ed's driven to New Hampshire um, and we hear it's a, what, a 4,400 round trip 4,400 mile round trip which is a pretty mean feat um, and basically um, Ed sorted out this cabin for him which is you know it's kind of cut off from from society there's no phones no internet um, he's got enough supplies for a month there it's uh, you know everything's going to be run on gas and he's got a um, you know like a wood burner and things like that um, and you know he's got some kind of entertainment supplies and, and things like that but uh, you know if he needs anything he put it on the list and, and he'll he'll get it for him next month and you know he's going to do these kind of monthly trips for is it 10,000 or something that every, every month he's going to come in? Fifty thousand, yeah, um, and, and you know what kind of like snuffs at that have been like, oh, that's a really expensive trip to Costco or whatever. But uh, you know, as Ed rightly says, what you're paying for is risk. You know, you are the, the hottest client that he's ever had, um, mm. and you know, like if you kind of leave the property, then you will be caught. And um, if I hear that you've left, then I won't come back. So um, it's pretty clear, right, what the what the stakes are for Walt. That um, if he wants to keep a low profile, if he wants to stay stay free, he's going to have to follow these rules. Um, and you know we kind of see Ed saying to me oh, this is a, a great place in the outdoors to kind of you know clear your head you know it's an, an awesome opportunity to do that and um, Ed leaves and we see the first thing Walt does is kind of you know, stuffs his pocket with um, with money and, and he's going to take off and we kind of see him find the, uh, the old Heisenberg hat there as well um and um and yeah he's gonna he's gonna kind of march off in his hat with his, his um, pocket stuff with cash and immediately uh, do the thing he's been told not to do by ed and, and kind of go out and we see him get to the gate and uh, kind of looks out at the snowy terrain and kind of says tomorrow tomorrow he'll do it tomorrow um you know and 
so yeah, I think it just kind of sets the sets the scene that this guy is now like really remote. Um, but he's also frail, you know, like he's he's not in good health, and so the ability of him to be able to kind of stage this, you know, return to to Albuquerque to get his money is is not going to be easy for a variety of reasons. So yeah, I think I I really like this scene. I think it's really good. Um, I think the kind of ease at which um you know we've got this new character comes in and has these kind of conversations with Walt is is fantastic. I really enjoy it. I there's something so appealing about this being locked in a cabin in the middle of nowhere with no <laughs> communication and just you know there um and like I love the visuals of this like I um I love snow and I just like I'd love to go to a place like this like I went to some places like this in Canada kind of you know you just see you just, I don't know it just makes makes me feel good I love this kind of look and this kind of area so um yeah I, I kind of like it though I've got to wonder even being in that propane tank that whole direct like how often would you have to stop this that's going to be quite hot in there driving through the desert i realize when they get to cold parts it's going to be that bad but uh not comfortable at all i mean the poor guy gets out and he looks like he's got a bad back it's 4400 kilometers yeah. or something like that it's like god damn it um but this goes back into ed like just so believe i just love the way he just kind of sells this and it's like oh got enough food for a month there's some steaks there pick up tv if you're lucky you'll get montreal do love the DVDs. Special shout out to Mr. Megorian's Wonder Emporium, a Natalie Portman <laughs> yeah. movie. Uh, have you ever seen Mr. Megorian's Wonder Emporium at all, Nick? No, I have not. It's not that's, that great. It's got, um, who, who's the other one? It's, Dustin um, Hoffman. Is it Dustin Hoffman, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not brilliant, um, but it's a Natalie Portman movie. So, of course, I've seen it. Um, so, yeah, two copies as well. Uh, I do. I love that. Mr. McGorin's Wonder Emporium. Two copies. And it's like, I don't really know movies. Uh, like I kind of, he's just said, oh, he'll love Mr. McGorin's Wonder Everyone loves Mr. McGorin's Wonder Coming soon to the Oz Network. I'm sure Colin would love that. His love of Natalie Portman. Um, but, yeah, because what is it, like an eight-mile hike into the one-horse town or whatever he says? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I love the little moment with the hat and he kind of pushes up the thing and kind of goes that way but um yeah I, I love it too i just kind of like this setup knowing that he's there and i just i just want to join him i want to i want to live there i want to be in the middle of nowhere just that way no communication i think it'd be fun i um i also like the kind of the the kind of music cue that they use when he kind of puts the hat on like the kind of mm. it's a badass moment and you think oh shit something's going to happen here and then you kind of just get the whole thing of you know he, he doesn't have the energy or the strength to actually follow through on this stuff so i really appreciate that that they kind of you know make you think that something's going to happen and, and then it doesn't which i, I really appreciate um yeah, so it's a good scene. We're obviously going to come back to uh, to this cabin shortly, but um, yeah, before we get there, we uh, we have um, this kind of Jesse scene, which is pretty heartbreaking, really. So you know, Jesse's kind of in his pit, and um, we get uh, Todd comes and and gives him some ice cream and gives him what was it two options that he got? I think it was peanut butter, peanut and, butter, and is it cookie dough or is it chocolate? Something yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Not not my choice if, I, if we're going to go What's there. Your but, choice? Uh, yeah. uh, like if Ben and Jerry's would probably be like. I call it the cherry Garcia or something like that. Like I'm not a big mm-hmm. peanut butter or like, I don't mind peanut butter, but it's a pretty rare thing. And I, I'm not really somebody that puts it in everything, you know, like I know it's a very American thing. So oh, yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten peanut butter is something that I really gotten into, but um, right. Yeah. It's good. Good. Ben and Jerry's good ice cream. <laughs> so good um, name too. yeah, 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, we then see, you know, J- Jesse asks if they can leave the tarp off his pit so that he can kind of watch the stars. And Todd agrees to that. And when Todd leaves, we see Jesse kind of mount this escape. He gets his handcuffs off and and uses the the stuff, the bedding that he's got in the in the bucket to kind of jump up and and undo the latch and, and get himself out. And you see him kind of run across this compound. Um, and it looks like he's going to make a dash for freedom here. But um, yeah, we saw, I think there's like a, a shot of like the CCTV camera that he kind of passes. So you know that he's been he's been spotted um and you know as he's kind of um running up this thing all these guys kind of run out behind him and you just see him kind of like this this uh, look on his face like oh there's no, there's no hope here i'm going to be caught um and he kind of just says to him like just do it just just shoot me um and and obviously that's not what happens we then kind of um we're kind of cut to the scene of Todd going to Andrew's house and, um, you know, kind of saying that Jesse's outside and he wants to say hi, you know, and she kind of comes comes out and um, he kind of just, just slots in behind her there and um, has the gun up with the silencer to her head and um, and shoots her. And and obviously Jesse's in the car kind of gagged and bound so he can't do anything about it. He's been forced to watch this. Um, and yeah, I just think Aaron Paul's acting here as he kind of realises that, you know, not only is Andrew being killed because of his actions, but, you know, Brock is now going to be an orphan as well. It's pretty pretty devastating to watch, you know. Um, and, you know I, know, I know that Andrew hasn't been a character that we've, we've been super excited about, but she has been around for a few seasons now. And so, you know, to, to see yet another character kind of bite the dust towards the end here is, uh, yeah, it's it's it's, um, it's pretty sad, especially with Jesse. It's really sad. I mean, you might you might not be super excited about the Andrew character, but I think it's a it's a real sad moment for Jesse. You know, you just don't think things can get any worse. Um, but of course, they can always get worse when it comes to Jesse. And as he's reminded, you know, the boy's still alive, so things things could get worse. You know? Yeah, absolutely agree. And I mean, I've kind of got two sequences here as potential top fives. I mean, I guess you could combine the whole thing, but I've kind of got Jesse's escape and then Andrea getting killed. I just think that it's all the Aaron Paul show. Like, I mean, again, saying that he doesn't really have a lot to do, but I mean, still what he does is just, there's nothing. Like, his scenes are so stand out. Like, I just love this kind of moment of him trying to sort of escape with a bucket. Then all of a sudden, like, you know, the ice cream bit, where again, just goes into this creepy Todd character of just like, what the fuck? He's giving him ice cream now? Just because, what, it was 96% we hear or something like that. So Jesse's getting quite good at the, the cooking as well. But then just this whole escape sequence, you're like, wow. And then just the desperation of Jesse and him just begging to be killed. And then it just kind of goes from there to straight away them, like, killing Andrew. Like, you think they're just going to threaten Andrew, but no, they're just full-on killer, like, straight away. Like, holy fuck. Like, yeah, I'm not a fan of the Andrew character, but it's an effective death because it's just, it's shocking. Like, you legitimately think they're going to just threaten her. Got to say, Andrew's a bit dumb here. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, if, if somebody knocks on my door and it's just like, that's nonchalant, and it's all like, oh, I know Jesse. I'm not opening the door for him. I'm going to be like, Okay, so what else can I help you with? Like, I'm, I'm not that, like, stranger danger, Andrea. Like, why are you walking out of the house to look at this car? Like, kind of got yourself to blame, Andrea. That's a bit mean. Uh, but, like, God, Aaron Paul in the car, just fucking yeah. hell. Like, just the breakdown and just everything about it is just, like, how can this guy do so much with not even basically saying a word? I mean, I know he's saying, like, no here, but, like, it's just... Oh, my God. It's just so powerful. It's so amazing. And I think uh, you mentioned that he got the Emmy this season for a couple of weeks back. But, I mean, geez, we didn't mention that Ozzy Mandius, of course, uh, we should have said that Brian Cranston and Anna Gunn both won Emmys for that episode, um, clearly. But, yeah, I just – this is just insane. So good. So heartbreaking. And, I, like, again, not going to make the top five, I don't think, with everything we've got going on this season. But just got to put it up there as, as a potential. Because, again, just – 
zombie Jesse is a zombie for a reason. He's just so broken and heartbroken. And you think nothing worse. Like we've said so many times in this show, nothing worse can happen to Jesse. But holy fuck, this guy is literally being held hostage by Nazis and uh, like made a slave by the Nazis. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, Jesus Christ. It's so goddamn powerful. And it's, it's also very confronting. It's very disturbing to watch because it's, again, this is a character you don't really care too much about Andrea, but, it's still you're right. Like there's a boy out there who's now purely an orphan. What's gonna What's gonna happen to him moving forward? And you do, and you don't expect a character like Andrea to be killed. You know, like it's not something that you see coming. Um, and I think it's you know, it's just somebody that I guess probably because she's not a major character, you just don't really think about it. But still, at the same time, yeah, it is really shocking. And I think you know, it's sold to us because of Aaron Paul's reaction. Can, he does such a good job. Yeah, and I, can I just nitpick one thing? Because it wouldn't be me. Um, don't believe Jesse getting out of that cage. Like, he's hanging on to those bars for quite some time when he finally unlatches that. Like, if you've ever held on to, like, the monkey bars at a gym or something like that, like, you know, it hurts. And I'm not saying Aaron Paul's weak or anything, but then he's going to have to, like, open that and swing himself up. Like, he's going to have to jump down a few times to get his strength back, I feel. But, hey, cool. TV's got a TV. So Ninja Warrior. Yeah, exactly. Go, go, Aaron Paul. You should be doing sport climbing at uh, the Paris Olympics coming up. So good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so now we get kind of our, our kind of time transition shot, and we kind of starts out of frame, out of focus, which I quite like. And you kind of see Walt kind of come up to that same gate that we just saw him at. And the initial shot, you kind of can't tell that time is, you know, in terms of the beard and the hair and things, because he's got a kind of hood up. And um, but obviously, we kind of we realise pretty quickly that um, that yeah, this is obviously time has kind of moved on, and he's got that look that we've seen in the flash forward so um yeah we can we can surmise from this that there's been a few months as has kind of passed between this and, and the last time we saw walt um and you know basically this is you know ed's come to do a supply drop and um you know he's got these um these newspapers so you know, walt's really keen to kind of hear what's happening back in albuquerque so he's getting albuquerque newspapers delivered here um and we kind of see that um obviously the cancer's kind of really starting to kick in here and having an, an impact on him because his, his vision's been affected and you know like his he needs needs a new pair of glasses so kind of ed's brought this big box of different ones because he didn't know what his prescription was and he finds one that works um and we kind of see um that he's bought a chemo, you know, like a homemade kind of chemo supply for Walt. And I love how they kind of just hang it on the de- the deer's head that's um, mm. kind of in, in the cabin. And, um, and you know, Ed's, Ed's tasked with kind of like finding the vein, which apparently he didn't do very well last time. And Walt's going to try and, and have a go at it himself. But, but yeah, he, he can't, he can't quite do it. Um, and yeah, so we see him, you know, get this kind of chemo done and, and he's kind of asking how the family are. And we hear that kind of Skylar's moved to this other place and the kids are still with her, but, you know, public defender's, you know what does he say i've got socks older than him um so yeah it's not looking great for skylo even though she does have the kids with her at the moment so he's getting this kind of information and um you know like ed's ready to leave and well you know it's just desperate for company here and he basically just pays ed to stay with him for an extra hour um you know so it was at ten thousand or something like that that he pays for um to kind of um stay with him and, and and yeah and they end up um um, basically um, playing some cards here um, and and yeah and Ed, uh, Walt kind of asked Ed if he'd give the barrel of money to his family um, and and you know like it, it's this whole thing of you know you know Walt is really starting to plan for you know that he, he is going to be dead soon he, he, he is realizing that this is going to happen and um, yeah and then we kind of cut to a 
you know, a little bit later on and um, and kind of waltz asleep and we kind of see that his, his wedding ring kind of falls off his finger so he's lost so much weight that even his hands are kind of, you know, not able to hold his wedding ring on there and he kind of, so he kind of puts it onto some string and it's hanging around his neck um, and he, um, he has this box of... Um, what is it like insure or whatever it is whatever the the, the stuff's called i the thought kind it was of, like uh, a, it was game. like a yeah it was some sort of like a protein shake or yeah something, yeah 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 and so yeah he and so he empties it out and he fills it with you know a hundred thousand um and you know we kind of see him you know heading heading towards the gate and this time he is definitely going to leave and, and head to that that town that we talked about before so yeah i think it's great to kind of see the it's a real kind of exposition kind of data drop but done in a really good way you know Breaking Bad doesn't really do boring data drops you know like when they're going to give you lots of information you're also going to find you know lots of stuff out in an interesting way so yeah I, I think it's it's really great and it's nice to kind of see that you know we are, we are now kind of seeing the, the kind of end for, for a while now we can just see his health is really impacted now it's um you know it, it's really serious so yeah, I, I just think this is this is all really great stuff. It's important information we're getting, but it's delivered in a really interesting way. Ensure nutrition shake. I can see here thirty pack. Oh, good value. Um, yeah, just quickly before I talk about the scene again, I probably should talk about it more next week, or maybe I'm forgetting El Camino. But do we ever find out what actually happens to Walt's money? Is that discussed in El Camino? Like all the oh, barrels, so the, from- so, right? Yeah, I don't think it particularly is. Um, yeah, I think it's maybe something that's kind of left left hanging, like deliberately. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's cause yeah, but- he only takes a hundred thousand with him here, and oh, you he- mean? Oh, sorry, I thought I well, thought but, you meant no, that. Like, I do mean both. So I do mean Jack's barrels because, like, obviously we're going to get to that next week. But then this scene here, so he puts a hundred thousand in the box. He goes to the pile. We'll get to that in a minute, obviously. But does he go back to get the barrel or does he leave this barrel in the in the cabin well i think I, I i'm assuming that he kind of gets the truck and comes back and picks the rest That's of it up I because think. obviously obviously he has that money next week doesn't he um oh, of course so, uh, yeah Dumb and, question, so, you know, ben. yeah 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 and, and so you know like i think i think he's kind of like you know he's carrying enough to kind of get him what he needs to kind of mm-hmm. you know then set him up to go back to albuquerque so, very yeah, dumb I, question ben you're absolutely right of course <laughs> but um no but like i think like yeah, I mean, again, I'm, this is a question for next week. Uh, the the ja- the money, Jack's money, because I I, yeah. I always thought it was explained in El Camino, but it's not, is it? So, um, I guess yeah, probably one of these deliberate things where it's left oh, open-ended. Yeah, you know, no, sorry, you know, I, I'm totally missing a scene that we've got coming up, which we're about to discuss, obviously, which is this is money that he's going to post to. Um, Lewis, you know, it's going to be sent to Lewis's address, and this is so he calls Walt Junior. Sorry, um, yeah. So the, the money that he's putting into this insure box is the money that he's going to post on to yeah, the address yeah. that he had for Lewis. Um, but yeah, I, we, we're assuming that he obviously then comes back and, and gets the rest of the yeah, money. So um, I thought once he has a vehicle. Because is it at the opening of next week or is it in this week where you see him lift the trunk of the car and you see like a whole shit ton of money? And I'm like, well, that's yeah. not all that was in the barrel. Anyway, no, but you're right. Like he obviously gets this barrel again because he has it next week. So no, you're right. Yeah. Dumb question. Yeah. We can talk about the whole Jack barrel money situation next week. But um, I lo- like, again, like I love this kind of like, like again, I just I just love the show, the writing of the show that this Walt is the big bad of this season. He's nothing but a, an evil prick. 
yet we still feel so sorry for him. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just like a dying man of cancer who's lonely and he's paying a guy $10,000. I wish I had $10,000. I'd pay everyone to hang out with me for an hour. I'm lonely. Give me $10,000. I'll pay people. But I like him kind of like reading the newspapers here and the update on Skylar and everything. Um, and I'm kind of glad they kind of do this bit with Ed with the chemo because I even how many times I've seen this episode, I'm rewatching this going like, how does he, like, get his medicine? Like, this guy's got cancer. Like, shouldn't he be dead? But then it's like, okay, I've forgotten about this whole sequence where, like, you know, he's giving him chemo, which at the end of the day, he really is an everyman, Ed. He can literally get chemo for someone. Like, yeah. I mean, you don't just walk into your local chemist and go, hi, can I have a, you know, a couple of boxes of Panadol and a couple of bags of chemotherapy for my friend who's got cancer? <laughs> like, so, I mean, he really is pretty goddamn good that he can get chemo for somebody. If you're, pay- you're paying top dollar, yeah. Yeah, but um, it's, it's just it's heartbreaking and... You know, it is just the way. And Brian Cranston again. I've got to say, like the, the bearded hair does look very fake. Uh, I don't want a nitpick, but it does. It does kind of look. I, I hope you're not going to tell me that. Oh, he really did grow his hair and his beard back. Because to me, it looks fake. If it is his real hair, then sorry, Brian Cranston, you got some fake looking hair. But, <laughs> no, um, def- definitely. I think it would have been hard to grow back patchy looking hair, which is mm-hmm. what this is. You know, like I think. Um, you know, so I think you know th- that scene that we talked about at the, at the top of Ozymandias was obviously the last thing they filmed, and they did that. So that they could, you know, um, they could they could shave appropriately for that. And the way I read it was, I think I think I saw some of the um, kind of making ofs, and basically he he basically so you know the, the kind of the Heisenberg goatee is real uh, mm. um, in these scenes, um, but the kind of the the side beards are, are bits that are, are kind of glued on. And um, I had just assumed that he'd obviously just, like, lost a whole bunch of weight for this particular you know scene, um, but actually they just kind of like you know like he's probably quite a skinny guy anyway and they kind of put on this turkey neck thing and it was like a prosthetic that they put on to make it look like he'd lost lots of weight and kind of um the makeup to kind of make his his, him look very kind of gaunt in his face it's it's all done with makeup so yeah it's it's interesting you say that about the neck because there's a scene and i don't know if it's like when we're about to get to in the the phone call here but there was there was one shot where you could see his neck and i actually really noticed his neck going like oh his neck's like really Mm. saggy and like i I was thinking like oh is that just a you get older, your neck goes thing, or is that a deliberate thing? So, like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm glad you pointed that out. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I uh, this whole kind of, and again, this is where I said this episode, it might have been around about here where I looked at the timestamp and I was like, oh, God, this episode's nearly over. Um, and it's just like, even for a slow episode, you're just so engaged with everything. Because I think it's just, you kind of, you know you're at that point now where you're like, well, shit's about to get resolved. Um, and I think with any show ending, when you know it's the finale, you're just, you're hung onto everything thinking it's going to get resolved. And most of the time you hope it's going to be done well. And then you get things like how I met your mother and you get pissed off. But, um, yeah, so, uh, I, I kind of like all these sequences leading up <laughs> to what it ends with. Right. So we're, um, we're at Walter, Walter Jr. Sorry, as Flynn as he's now been called as we hear over the reception line. Um, and, um, we see, um, Carmen for the last Yay. time, Principal Carmen. Carmen, Still got an like an onion. Um, yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the last time we're going to see her, obviously, and, and she says that um, you know, Aunt Marie's called to talk to him, and so he takes the phone call, and, and it's obviously um, Walt who has got, you know, one of the local kind of women at the bar to kind of pretend to be Marie so that he could get Walt Jr. on the phone. Um, and, you know, we kind of have this, this conversation here, and, um, you know, like, he basically, you know, he, he says that, you know, 
he's he's sending a hundred thousand dollars to Lewis's house so Walter Jr. can pick it up and it's for him. Um and, you know, and keep it a secret because you know the police will want to know about it. Um and you know we get this kind of almost desperate kind of plea from Walt that you know this carnival have been for nothing, you know, like please take it. Um and this is where Walter Jr. just kind of like you know, turns on him and just says, you know, like you killed Uncle Hank. Why don't you just? Why are you still alive? Why don't you just die? Um, you know, which is a nice callback to you know Walt Junior said that right at the beginning of season one, wasn't it? When Walt was refusing to get chemo, you know. So it's a it's a nice little kind of callback to that initial one. So um, and yeah, it just kind of hangs up. So it's and you know, obviously all the staff are have noticed Walt Jr. So it's um, pretty upsetting for him. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just like Walt's at his lowest ebb here that, you know, nobody's going to help him. You know, nobody's going to accept him. Um, all, all this kind of stuff. And so basically we see him hang up um, and then he he calls through to um, to the DEA's office and says he wants to talk to the policeman that's in charge of the Walter White case. Um, they ask who it is. He says it's Walter White. And then he um, leaves, the, leaves the phone um, off the hook so that they can kind of trace where it's going to be. So basically I think, you know, you're assuming here now that Walt's officially given up now at this point, you know, like this is, this is a, um, a you know, the, the very people he believed he was fighting for don't want his help anymore. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, th- that's kind of it for him. And so he orders a, a dimple pinch scotch whiskey, which um, I'd never heard of, but uh, um, yeah. So, and so, you know, as, as he's kind of drinking this at the bar, we kind of see this Charlie Rose um, interview with, with Elliot and Gretchen. And uh, this obviously, you know, takes it takes his interest here and they talk about you know they've made a donation of 28 million to fund drug rehab clinics through the southwest you know in response to kind of what's happened with with walter white um and well that's what charlie rose says you know um basically that, and kind of just this nice little kind of callback to finish the episode around gray matter and um and basically like elliot's that uh you know the only thing that he contributed was the name. That was the only thing that was that was that was his. Um, you know, and, and this is obviously you know quite upsetting to to Walt, and um, and and yeah, and, and basically you can see he's very angry about this, and and they talk about that whoever this this man was that we knew is now gone, um, and 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 yeah, and, and basically you kind of then see Walt has a new reaction, and basically. Um, we, we then kind of cut forwards a little bit. We see these kind of cops turn up at this bar, and um, and, and all they've found is the the, the whiskey still sitting there. That that Walt's got one last kind of plan in him, um, which we're going to see in the finale. So I think it's a, it's a great kind of um, cliffhanger to kind of make you go shit. I wonder what's going to happen in that last episode. So yeah, I think it's a really effective one. You know, I like the kind of you know closing the loop because I think you know the Walt Junior thing has always been a bit of you know Walt Junior's always been that kind of central figure who. He's always, you know, wanted to believe in, in Walt regardless. Um, and so that's now gone. It's that real kind of desperation for Walt right at the end of all of this. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's kind of a great way to kind of close all those loops off. Um, there's, there's very little there for him anymore. So, yeah, I, I like how this episode ends. I think it's very effective and um, great to see Principal Carmen again. Yeah, absolutely. Always good to see Principal Carmen. Glad to see she got a conclusion. But yeah, I love it. I mean, I've marked this as top five, and I don't know if you like probably picked this up from the phone call right to the end because I just love this cliffhanger. Um, I mean, RJ Mitty's amazing again, and it's good to kind of get his. I mean, it's not really his last scene. We technically get a last scene with him next week, but it's the last time he talks, right? So, um, kind of, it's great. And he just because, like, again, I remember watching this going like, oh, like he's going to listen to him. Here he is, and then all of a sudden he just starts yelling at him and abusing him, and just like die already, die already. It's like holy fuck. Um, and just seeing kind of again that 
sort of similar to what we had in um, when he was getting arrested, kind of just everything going out of Walt all of a sudden. Uh, I do I do question, again, the bar staff. Like, there's only one person in this bar. Are they not hearing Walt, like, yelling at this point? Like, what's this, you know, literally just ask him five seconds later, like, oh, you know, ready for that drink. But um, And also, like, I'm sure that the DEA often got people calling up going, like, hey, I'm Walter White. Like, why do they believe this guy straight away? Like, <laughs> like hey, again, TV show's got a TV show. Not trying to nitpick. But, um, yeah, I also love the fact that they're watching a game of ice hockey on the TV. And I love hearing the trivia that this is a game from 1998, it's an NCAA Division One game between Wisconsin and Denver. Um, so I, I don't know why this bar in New Hampshire is showing a TV show, that, a game that's, what, like 12 years old at that point? But anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I love just like, the way this sets up. Like, we've always talked about Elliot and Gretchen being, like, big characters who really aren't in this show much, but they still have got such a presence on this show. And kind of just, like, Dick, Elliot, and Gretchen basically poor old Walt like being disowned and this is we know how much this pisses him off this is kind of that whole pride thing the reason why he's doing what he's doing to kind of almost go back to all the stuff he's lost out in life because what he could have had with these guys I love the fact that Randall got Charlie Rose and I should say PBS not CNN I got that wrong before um but the thing I love about kind of this whole section where you've got like you know this cliffhanger where he leaves as the cops show up and like oh he's got one more plan in it I just love the way they use the Breaking Bad theme. I just, I just, I, I don't know if that's something that people like or not because it kind of feels very out of place. You've never had that in Breaking Bad before, but it just, it works. I love that. No, no, no. Like, it's like, oh, Walt's got a plan. Walt's angry. Like, it just, it's perfect. And I know you've talked a lot about Game of Thrones being famous for having, what, the penultimate episode being, like, the bigger episode than the finale, but... I've always said I think that um, not only for a season finale but for a series finale, the penultimate episode almost is almost more important because it gets you into the finale. And as I said at the beginning of this episode, I like this episode more than I like the finale. So I just I like the way they kind of do this. It sets it up. The theme, it just works so well. And you're just like, okay, he's got a bit of fight left into him. So this is going to set up a pretty epic finale. So yeah, I love this last sequence. Again, probably won't make the top five, but I'm just putting it up there as a potential nominee. Yeah, and, and actually, you know, like this is the only time you actually get the full credits or, you know, the full theme song, sorry, for um, Breaking Bad is at the end of this episode. So, you know, they kind of, yeah, obviously use the, the, the theme song to kind of finish the episode and it plays out through the credits. So it's quite cool that, you know, like right at the end here, you're actually kind of getting that full theme song, which I think is really cool. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I do really like that. I um, so One of the kind of um, continuity errors they had here is obviously they, they would have filmed this sort of at a bar close to home as opposed to in New Hampshire and apparently there was a cactus there so it kind of looked a bit out of place that they had to kind of like <laughs> digitally paint out of some scenes so so yeah that's quite good um, but yeah I, I think it is really good I kind of agree with you like I've always been a bit of a sucker for the penultimate whatever of, of, of a show or a, a movie series and I quite like number two in a trilogy because it's the point where you have the most information before you have all the information so you've still got that excitement of not knowing everything um, but enough information to be fully invested in it so I've always been like that I've always quite liked you know the last second to last book in a series or second to last episode or second to last you know um, movie in a series whatever it might be so yeah I agree I think it does um, yeah it does a really good job of doing a lot of the heavy lifting and getting you excited for what's going to happen in the next episode so yeah I, I think that, it is really really fun i just want to say having said that to contradict myself uh to me the worst episode of third watch was the penultimate <laughs> episode uh so um that's that's me contradicting myself that i think yeah the worst episode of a certain my favorite tv show of all time is the second last ever episode so uh there's there's one contradiction but um yeah well uh, yeah and i i think you know like it's um 
let's be honest, it's quite rare for a TV show to actually stick the landing. Um, and, you know, like I think that there are, there are lots of kind of different views on next week's episode about how well it does stick the landing. But I think, you know, whatever your views are, I think that Breaking Bad ends pretty well. Like I think even, even if you're not a massive fan of it, I think there's, I don't hear lots of people going, this is terrible. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, Game of Thrones is obviously quite, um, famous for being this incredibly popular and very good show um, but you know people hate the ending of that the last few episodes they just absolutely despise them and think it ruins the whole show for them um, and um, I, I happen to disagree um, I, mean, I know it's not Game of Thrones the ending isn't fantastic but um, I don't think it's as bad as it's been made out to be but I mean you, you've talked about how I met your mother and I know there's hmm. plenty of others that that don't end well um, and yeah it can be I think Dexter was another one wasn't it? I haven't watched it but I, you know I I know enough about I'd, it to know that it, um, but you know, like it's it's known for not being a particularly popular yeah. ending, and so like I think it's actually quite rare to have a show that ends well. You know, um, that yeah, often the, the the expectations are so high, um, especially with big popular shows like this. That that sticking the landing is is often a very very difficult thing to do, and so you are reliant on the penultimate episode to do a lot of that heavy lifting to make sure that the finale does work. And I think with some shows you need to watch them a few times before you really appreciate I mean, on the third watch page, I remember when I first saw the ending of third watch, I wasn't a massive fan of it. Um, but I think now I've come to terms with like, well, that's probably the best way you could end third watch. Um, How I Met Your Mother, yeah, just absolutely terrible. Probably my least favourite ending of any uh, TV show. Uh, Friends was one that at the time I remember going like, oh, that was okay. But now I love the ending of Friends. I think it's great. I think like what else could you do? Um, yeah. So there are so many shows. And like Dex is one that, like, I see why people hate it, but I was never as down on the ending as Dexter as some people. Like, the way they denounce it as the worst thing ever. I'm like, well, yeah, okay, it's slightly disappointing, but at the same time, like, what else could you really do? I mean, I guess they've now got the new one, so they've kind of retconned that. But, um, yeah, I think that... I mean, we're going to talk about it next week. I, I say it right now as preview to the preview we do in a few moments, but I have no problem with the ending of Breaking Bad. I think the ending of Breaking Bad is kind of good. I don't think it... it is there any problems with it all? Uh, I mean, we talked about that on Nip Tuck, you know, it's kind of like uh, certain, what can you do? What can this, that and everything else? So yeah, we'll, we'll obviously talk about it next week. Well, I think in terms of trivia, I think again, I, we'll try to weave them in as we've been talking, but I think one of the interesting ones there is that, um, you know, at a moment here, um, Skylar and Walt both have the same surname and it's not white um, that, you know, um, Skylar's maiden name is Lambert, which I'm not sure is, is ever actually said on the show. I'm, I'm not entirely sure about that, but, um, but obviously that's, that's also the surname that Walt has given and his new pseudonym here. So, um, so yeah, it's just quite interesting that, you know, they've, they've both got the surname of, of Lambert. So yeah, I, I do like that. Yeah, I, I like this trivia fact, which I'm like, what? Like, during the production of this episode, the footage of Walt's phone call to Walter Jr. had to be filmed again because the footage from the first time was accidentally crushed by a 737 after the footage fell out of a truck. Like, how does it get crushed by a 737? Did it fall out wow. of a truck on a runway? Um, and they're like, ironically, this is the same plane model as one of the planes from the Wayfarer 515 accident ABQ. So, <laughs> like, were they transporting this to the runway and then it fell out? Like, how's that? Like, the, uh, yeah, hi, guys. i got to film that scene again because it got crushed by a plane. 
Uh, oh, yeah, so. that, that takes me back to, um, you know, like uh, our, our roots as a podcast have been based in Survivor, that the story of getting the last few reels of footage from Survivor Marquesas out of the country was like this mm. incredible kind of heist almost to get them out, um, which is a really great story if, if you're ever interested in terms of like how Mark Burnett managed to kind of sneak the last few reels of, of footage out of uh, out of the Marquesas is, is an interesting story. Um, but yeah, that is that is really interesting. Like, how does that happen? That's That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like I mean I'm guessing in this day and age with digital like you'll never lose footage right I'm assuming they just like record and upload it to the cloud so it's kind of backed yeah. up right but um yeah it's 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 fascinating there I also um I didn't realize about Lambert what you're talking about there that's kind of interesting um I like here the uh the bit here on trivia Walt packs his money in an insure box to insure his family's financial security after he dies like oh okay I see what you did there well done Breaking Bad wiki. <laughs> yeah, good on you. <laughs> I do, I do like how we kind of got these things. That are, you know, I think that it's a, a fan theory, or you know, fans have found meaning where potentially the um, the producers of the show didn't really have that in mind. But you know, whatever. If that's what keeps fans happy, then then so be it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess kind of to move into a penultimate r- ranking rating of, of episodes. Um, I'm happy to go ahead. It's definitely a buy for me. Um, I've, I, it might feel kind of low based on, I think we've had quite a good conversation here, but I've, I've got this at 17. Um, but when I kind of look at my list now, it's like, shit, there's some great episodes here. And, you know, the ones above it were, were you know, like Better Call Saul, Box Cutter, Cornered, you know, like, and I put it above Bags in the River, um, which is a great episode. So um, it feels really, really low, but I think it probably just speaks to the fact that, you know, I'm just a, a crazy fan of, of the show. And so, you know, there's just so many good episodes. It, it's hard to uh, hard to put it up too high when there's just so many great ones. Bye from me again. Obviously, uh, I have it at number eight. Uh, I have it just below Pilot and just above Hermanos. Um, yeah, I I just really enjoy this episode. I just think it just there's something about it that just it's so engaging. I kind of I'm always a fan of seeing what happens to characters after certain points and you know really setting us up to the ending so yeah i i really enjoy it um the ringer has it a similar place they've got it number seven overall so they've got this quite high as well but um yeah even on the ringer they say that this often gets forgotten about so yeah i agree with that i think it does get forgotten about and um yeah this is still my fourth highest season five episode so uh that's interesting i've got four in the top 10 now so uh yeah yeah, I'm I'm quite similar. I think this, um, you know, like uh, my top ten is very season four, season five heavy. I must say, um, but you know, that's yeah. uh, th- that's a mark of kind of the show getting getting hot right at the right time. Eh? So it's hard to complain about that. But uh, yeah, now we head into the finale. Hard to believe we're here. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about Felina next week, and it's um, it's it's exciting to be here at the last episode of the show. It's um, felt like it's gone by in a blur, but yeah, we've already kind of talked a little bit about the expectations, and and obviously this goes from being you know six and a half million people watching this episode to ten million in the finale. So it was definitely something people had jumped on, and were really kind of keen to see how this ended. So yeah, one of kind of like the last real appointment viewing moments I think we've had outside of sports events. Um, you know, this and maybe the Game of Thrones finale are kind of like the two that I can think of in recent years um so yeah I think it is just this you know the expectation the um yeah the just the weight that must have been on the producer's shoulders to finish this and yeah personally I think you know it it finishes well I do really enjoy the final episode I think it um you know I think there's a debate to 
be had about does it tie things up too well, um, you know, and, and we'll talk all about that. But I do think, you know, when you go scene to scene, it, it is really, really, it, it's a great ride. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to contradict myself by saying this, but, like, sometimes a TV show doesn't need to always tie itself up well, or a movie. Like, sometimes it's all well and good to leave open ends and leave the audience questioning things if it's done in a way where you can be satisfied with that. I do like here on The Ringer they say about uh, that this was the first must-see TV show of the binge-watch Netflix era and that the finale was on par with The Sopranos and Lost for anticipated prestige TV finales. And I think Sopranos at the time, I remember that making like headline news of when that ended. I've never watched The Sopranos, but I know how it ends. And kind of, I think that's a finale that people appreciate now. Lost, going back to our conversation about finales, often people hate on the Lost finale. I, for one, am one that loves how Lost ends. I think it's a perfect way to end it. Um, so this is one that I'm always like, yeah, I'm, I'm satisfied with how Breaking Bad ends. Uh, I love the last scene. I love that song in the last scene. Um, and kind of just everything around it. Like, you know, I've spoiler alert, I think I've written four potential top five moments next week. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 epic. And I think, it's again, it's another episode that just breezes by. It's a very long episode again as well. But um, I'm glad that they kind of didn't go out of their way. Sometimes you'll get TV shows going like, oh, let's do a two-hour finale. He says just talking about the lost finale, which is a two-hour finale. Uh, but, like, they could have done this with this, but they don't need to. Like, I know it's about 15 minutes longer than a usual episode, but it still just it fits in well. So, mm. yeah, I, I like the finale. I think it's a great way to end it. And, uh, yeah, I don't have any problems at all with how they end it, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. Well, we'll do all of that next week, and um, I'm sure if you've come this far with us, we'll be talking to you again, Nick, while we're talking at you next week. Um, but uh, you're really looking forward to kind of getting into that finale and, and talking all about it. But in the meantime, make sure you're uh, following us on the usual social media platforms. Um, check out what other uh, work we've got going on. Um, feel free to um, to become a patron, if that's your thing as well, um, to uh, get even more um, Oz Network coverage, um, if, if, if you so desire. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's been great fun bringing this episode so to look forward to talking next week uh, my name is Nick and um, I understand I'm in terrible trouble and my name is Ben and how thick is it thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. 
For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>